going to be traveling back to Europe, uh, to my own country, uh, France, <laughs> and we are going to bring a gentleman who is a brilliant uh, advocate of motorsport uh, and represents a company called Erlicon. And uh, Mark Hervé is uh, in charge of motorsport for Erlicon worldwide, has been in the industry for as long as I can remember. Um, and he is an absolute expert and has been involved in F1 in every series around the world. And Erlicon is a brilliant company. So we're very thankful to have Mark with us and, uh, and also thankful that Erlicon has been a, a supporter of the ePortrait platform since the beginning. So, bonsoir, Marc. Bonsoir, Francisque. <laughs> Good morning. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> It is 5 p.m. where you are, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's getting okay. uh, starting to get dark at the moment. <laughs> Very Welcome good. Welcome back, Mark. So, Thank you. Uh, Joe, you are in charge, and uh, we're on for something very technical and very special. Excellent. Thank you, Francis. Thank you, Judy. Mark, good to see you. Thank you for joining us here today. And uh, to everybody out there in the audience, good morning, good evening, wherever you happen to be around the world, like Mark. Uh, please remember that if you do have questions during this session, you can put them in the chat section. And so we can uh, take a deep dive into uh, what's going on with coatings, uh, parts, pieces. We've seen so many uh, evolutions over the years, Mark, and uh, many wonder, like, you know, how, how are parts able to last, last in, in these uh, torture chambers that we see on racetracks? And much of it has to do with coatings. And it was interesting to me that your company has been around for 75 years, born pretty much right after World War II. Can you tell us a little bit more about the company before we get started? Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, uh, first, thank you. It's a big honor, again, to, to be present here and to talk about the coating and the solution that we can offer. I mean, this is really, really great for that. So yes, uh, the company Ehrlichan Bowser's uh, uh, is actually uh, 75 years old. We celebrated the, the, you know, the anniversary earlier this year. Uh, coating has been the heart of the company. And the funny thing is that the Bowser's division actually started to provide coating for the industry the same year that I was born. So, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a fun story. Uh, I will try to share my screen at a certain point, uh, just to show you a little bit. That would be, you know, always easier. All right. So, you there know, we when we talk about coatings and everything, uh, uh, all the time people think about, yeah, it could be a paint or it could be whatever. Uh, in our case, we talk in micrometers. So, you know, very, very thin film uh, coatings. So yeah, I put a, a funny uh, a gingerbread car uh, with a coating on top because, you know, the topping can be also uh, called a coating. And I will make some uh, a comparison between the food, I'm French, uh, and the coating that we do for many years. Uh, but yeah, back, back to the company. Uh, so, you know, Erlican, we are uh, a Swiss group, you know, it's a global group, uh, big, two big division, uh, but the main one is what we call surface solution. So, you know, when we talk about coating, uh, we want to talk about a little bit more than just the coating. We want to talk about the surfaces of the parts, the different elements. So inside this division, uh, we get different possibility. We can 
manufacture part with Urken AM, our 3D printing uh, division, we can do very thick coating with Urken Metco. Uh, but today I would like to, to show a bit more about coating thin film for Urken Balsers. So, you know, this is what I was talking about. You get the parts uh, from the printing, you get the very, uh, let's say, thick coating. Uh, when I mean thick, it means that we're talking millimeter. Uh, in our case, this is where we are. Thin film, few micrometer, very thin coating. And, you know, this business, this is what we do now for, for, for many, many years, several decades. Uh, we are covering a lot of different uh, industries around the globe. But today we are all about, you know, motorsports, performances, uh, and, and et cetera. Uh, before showing you a little bit of, you know, some applications, um, I would like to give you a few words about uh, the technology. What is the coating? How do we do it? And as I said, I'm French and I like cooking. Um, so, you know, very often the people say, okay, uh, why should we put a topping on, on something? Oh, it's because, yeah, we want to make different color, we want to make a different taste, you know, better taste or, or change the texture and uh, make the product yummy. Uh, basically, this is the kind of thing you can get at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm already in a Christmas spirit. Uh, but you know, here, what we see on, on the apple here and what we, we see here could be somehow a coating, you know, that we have an original product and by putting something on top, a coating, you're gonna change the property of the product. For the coating, it is exactly the same story. Uh, so basically, why should you use actually a coating? Um, you know, very often the people come to us with very, I would say, straight basic questions. Is, I would like to reduce the friction. I would like to reduce the wear um, or I just want to improve the performances of my engine, uh, reduce the fuel consumption, increase the lifetime, you know, these kind of things. So basically we took these requests um, and we tried to understand, okay, how are we gonna reach that? If we wanna reduce the wear, we need to have a higher hardness. Um, if we want to improve the performances or the fuel consumption, we need to reduce the friction. Uh, or we need to reduce the weight by giving a new design and et cetera. So that would be really our mission. Uh, but you know, when we talk about coating, uh, the food is basically the parts with the topping uh, and the, let's say the counterpart will be actually uh, when we're gonna eat it. When we talk into an engine, um, the, the term we use is the tribal system. I know it's a little bit, it's a little bit less sexy than food, uh, but you know, I really want to explain that for everybody to understand. Um, so what is a tribal system? It's basically you get two parts. Uh, they can be the same material, they can be different material, different heat treatment and everything. Um, working on a specific environment. So if we look into an engine, uh, then we will find uh, some oil, some lubricant, uh, we try not to, but we may find some, you know, particles and contaminants. And you will have the temperature, you get a certain pressure. 
And the tribal system is this combination. As soon as we start putting some pressure and motion between the two parts, we will create what you see here in red is what we call the third body. And the third body is everything that will give you friction where, or, or basically this is the tribal system. So here is just to make people understand that our action, the surface solution that we can offer, it's really, we're gonna put a coating on top of one or the two surfaces to basically create a new tribal system, a new behavior of the entire engine. By the way, Joe, if you got any questions, you, you can interrupt me at any time. Oh, I, oh listen, Mark, <laughs> don't worry. I am happy. I'm actually very interested in this because, um, you know, I know the significance. Like I think about Formula One and I think about the way the technology has evolved. And I know that it has to do with many of these, you know, avenues that you're going to tell us about. So I will definitely uh, dive in if I have a question. And the same is true for our viewers out there. Feel free to put a, a question in the chat section and then I will interrupt Mark. But I also wanna say, I appreciate the food analogy. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> so, you know, that's it. Two parts, friction, wear. Um, and, and in our case, we are just gonna apply a few micrometers on top of the surface. Um, and you know, again, back to food. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to have something really shiny, perfectly smooth, you need to be sure that the preparation underneath will be also very smooth. Coating is gonna be exactly the same story. Um, but then again, we're gonna use a bit more technical term. Uh, so in this case, we're gonna talk about the roughness. So it's basically, you get your parts, uh, pretty expensive, uh, heat treatment, super polished or not and everything. And then we're gonna apply a few micrometer on top of the surface. If we have a lot of you know, high peaks on this surface, the coating, as it's only three to four micrometer thick, it will reproduce exactly you know, all the, 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 the surface finish that we will get. So we're gonna apply a very hard, very thin coating on the rough surface. So back to the tribal system, you put pressure, you put motion, and you may found different scenario that suddenly you have no more wear on your parts that you have coated, but you became like a sandpaper or very abrasive for the counterpart. Because again, very hard on something rough. Or, you know, the counterpart is hard enough meaning that you're not going to wear the counterpart, but you're going to break all the peaks of this roughness. And then suddenly you will have this tiny particle of surface coated into the system. And this is where you're going to start creating wear. Or the final possibility is that the counterpart is really soft. And suddenly you make a transfer and you're back to two material uncoated working against each other. So here is just to say that you can take the best coating in the world if you're not paying attention to the preparation of the parts, 
the heat treatment, the surface finish, and everything, it will not work. Excellent. Uh, right there, let, let me let me jump in with a quick question sure. of uh, for people that are, you know we're, we're talking very macro coatings, but let's make it real for a lot of our people out there. What are some of the parts that uh, would benefit? from these coatings? I know there are many, but uh, just kind of run across uh, a list of applications so that as you're uh, getting us up to speed, education-wise, we can think about the environment that you're talking about. Let, give me a few minutes, you know, just let me show you. I, I really want to go, you know, put aside all, let's say the theoretical and the technology uh, and then I will show you really uh, actual part that we code. And then, you know, we can really discuss about the benefit on the application, if it's okay awesome. for you. Uh, because, you know, again, as I said, very often when we talk about coating, uh, people are thinking, yeah, it's just a paint, you know, just taking a, a big spray, putting a paint on the part and charging a hell of a money just for a, 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 a paint. Uh, it's a little bit more complex than that. Uh, the coating that we are supplying, uh, many people, you know, they call them also PVD coating. It, it's one of the names that you may heard uh, uh, outside. Uh, unfortunately, this is something wrong to say at a certain point. PVD stands for physical vapor deposition. It is, in fact, not a coating. It's a technology how to apply the coating. So it's basically, you know, the coating will be made under a chamber, so a vacuum chamber, um, where all the parts will be mounted onto different planetary uh, with different rotation. Uh, the whole chamber will be heated. And depending on the technology, we will have on the side uh, targets of the material that we want to apply. So for example, if I want to make uh, a chromium nitride, I will have targets of chromium on the side of the chamber. So, you know, the parts will rotate. Uh, and here with this technology, the PVD sputtering, for example, we're going to create with uh, iron, we're going to, you know, take some of the iron of the targets, move them into the plasma, and then basically put the coating on the parts. Other technology, same spirit. Um, but here we call it the arc. Uh, we're going to literally create an electrical arc on top of the target. And in the same spirit into the plasma, then we will have a movement of the ion to the part. So when we talk about PVD, it's not really a coating. It's a technology how to apply a coating. And then you can find a lot of different kind uh, of solution, composition, and et cetera. So here, I will show you a few parts and the reason behind this technology. Uh, but in motorsports, the solution that we talk the most about is what we call the diamond-like carbon, the DLC uh, coating. So the whole idea about the DLC, it's to give a very low friction and a very high hardness. Um, it is an amorphous structure. So basically, you cannot, you know, work on the on, on the countryside and suddenly say, "Oh yeah, just find DLC." No, it is not possible. DLC is an amorphous structure between the graphite and the diamond. This is why we got this low friction, high hardness. 
We're still inside the chamber, but here, purely into a chemical plasma. So no physical target, purely, physic uh, purely about gaze and the plasma inside the chamber. But you know, DLC, uh, that would be too easy. There is not one coating. DLC is a big family of coating. So here, what you see here, basically everything which is into this triangle can be called a DLC. So, you know, I'm used to say when somebody uh, tell me, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm, I'm using DLC. Yeah, fine, I'm driving a car. But, you know, once I've said that, you have no idea about the property, the performances, the, the characteristic of the coating or the car. You just know that you're getting a DLC coating. So, you know, here it was just to, you know, show a little bit that DLC, it's really a big, big family. Um, and you can tune the coating depending what we're looking for. At the end, different coating, different technology, because we are looking to different property. You know, um, if you look for friction reduction, uh, we will focus on what we call the carbon-based coating. So DLC, for example, uh, because very high hardness, but very low friction. Uh, but for example, if we go to uh, another application where the temperature is much higher, then we will prefer to go to what we call the nitride coating, like a chromium nitride and et cetera, uh, because it has a better resistance, but it's a different technology. And now we even developed you know, new solution, uh, which are oxide coating that can resist to really, really high temperature up to a thousand degrees C easily. I'm done with the theory and the very highly technical stuff about the, the, the process. So if you get question about that, it is the right time to ask, or then we will go really to the, the core, the applications. I, I'm interested in core applications. We have yet to get a question in our panel, um, but I appreciate what you just, uh, you did, like the analogy with the car, driving a car, what kind of car, what does it do? What are the capabilities? Uh, that makes perfect sense to me. Continue on. Thank you. All right. So these are, you know, the key application that we get. So you will see, uh, depending what are the application, I, I put three big family, you know, everything which is on the valve train. So basically, this is where we're going to look uh, how to reduce the friction, how to reduce the wear, uh, because this is where we're going to have the highest contact stresses and etc. Standard parts, uh, normally, you know, we will start, I'm French, so I'm more on the European side of, of you know, design on the valve train. So it's uh, basically with, with the, uh, the camshaft uh, on top with the direct contact, but, you know, parts like bucket tappets, uh, roller lift, uh, finger follower, uh, this kind of application, it's probably one of the very first parts that we can get coated with the DLC coating uh, to reduce friction and wear inside an engine. Uh, if you start then to look to push a little bit more, uh, then you, know, you can start looking to code uh, camshaft. Uh, and the thing is, as soon as you will start coding both parts, uh, it will give you a lot of freedom and a lot of room 
to maybe go with a bit more aggressive uh, lift design or more pressure or you know for the finger follower or the buckets uh, maybe design them slightly differently make them lighter uh, and etc and simply because with the coating you're going to reduce the wear and you're going to accept higher loads in terms of the contact um, here it's really you know the key application when you look to power and and uh, and lifetime camshafts and the parts in contact that will be the first application if you look then to the other parts that we typically coat i think today the part which is the most coated in the world it's going to be the piston pin um, the interest of having the piston pin coated uh, is that you know today if you get the pin very often you get a bronze bushing for example inside the connecting rope um, by putting the coating DLC onto the pin, you can actually get rid of the bushing. Um, so, which is somehow, you know, the weak part. So you can get rid of the bush. Uh, then you save a little bit of material, couple of gram onto the connecting road. Um, and then at the end, you're gonna save, you know, performances uh, with exactly, with actually a higher lifetime. Um, application that we, we know also very well, it's going to be the coating on the valve. Um, and depending if it's an intake or exhaust valve, uh, we're going to look to different solution because we are not facing, you know, the same uh, uh, environment. You know, the exhaust on the head is going to be much hotter uh, than on the inlet. So we might look to different solutions. But applying a coating to reduce the friction on the stem and protect again, you know, the hot oxidation on the head. Uh, and again, also the scratches, the wear, uh, this is the way that the, we, the, the coating can help. And very often now what we do is actually, we do multiple kinds of coating on the same down. So, you know, you can go with a DLC coating on the stem to reduce the friction at the best, and then put a high temperature resistance coating on the head. So we definitely have this flexibility to, to mask some area and coat other, depending on the needs from the customer. Uh, pistons, uh, it's, it's a big application that we've been coating now for many, many years. Uh, we're basically on an aluminum pistons by applying the DLC mainly for the skirt. Uh, you're gonna reduce the friction, uh, but you're gonna certainly reduce the wear and especially, you know, the, the wear after a long mileage. So it's mean that you're gonna somehow uh, bring extra performances, but you're gonna certainly, you know, froze the pistons into his best design for a longer time, which, you know, especially in terms of the endurance races, uh, could make a lot of sense. Piston ring, definitely a stronger application also, uh, here, a lot of different possibilities, uh, different kind of coating, depending on the, the coating we can get into the liners. Uh, but uh, yeah, here at the end, you know, all these parts are part that we almost coat on a daily basis uh, into our different plants around the globe. 
just to give you uh, uh, an example, you know, you were talking about the Formula One and et cetera. Uh, I do remember when I started uh, 20 years ago, you know, that was the golden ages of Formula One. Uh, V12 engines, no limitation how many engines they can run uh, in a weekend. So normally that was one engine on Thursday, one on Friday, one just for the qualifying and then a brand new engine for the race. Um, now, when we look to the actual, you know, V6 turbo engine in Formula One, uh, they got to run up to 6,000 kilometers uh, with tremendous powers and efficiency. Uh, believe me, without the coating, that won't be possible at, at the time. So the coating help, you know, by supporting the design, by keeping high performances, but also give this longevity uh, uh, to, 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 the, to the different uh, use and, and uh, from one, one race to another one. Now, Mark, we so, have, but, but before you move on, I just wanna make you aware uh, that we do have a couple of questions from viewers out there. Um, yep. You let me know when you're ready for them. I know that you're uh, in, in the middle of a flow here in the presentation, but uh, we do have three or four questions that may take you off track. So, uh, you know. No, don't worry. No. We got times. We got time. So let, let, let's go with the first question. I mean, if the questions come up now, it's because I said something you that did. bring a question. So let, let's go for it. Okay. Uh, Rich says, is there any limitations depending on material toughness uh, that can be coded? Like what, what limits, what's the limiting factor for these coatings? So basically, you know, again, keep in mind, thickness of the coating, few micrometer. Um, so if the parts get deformation in itself, you know, without the coating, uh, applying the coating on top will not change that. Uh, it's like, you know, the, the best example I got is the, when you take the butter, you know, with the aluminum foil around, uh, the foil itself is really, really hard. But if you press your finger, you're gonna throw it simply because the butter is very soft. So the basic rules will be that the part itself should support the load. The coating will be here only to prevent, again, the wear uh, and, and reduce the friction. But if you get a deformation issue, the coating won't solve that, that problem. Got it. Got it. No, that makes sense. Um, here's another one, this one from Frank. Can you ask if the company has any experience with the application of twin wire plasma spray for applying cylinder bore uh, running surface on uh, uh, alcyl aluminum cylinder blocks? So uh, we do have definitely experience on doing thermospray coating into cylinder liner. Uh, and that will be my colleague from the division Ehrlichen Metco. Uh, they have actually dedicated solution for that, which is called Sumibor. Uh, uh, you know, but here they are talking about thick coating. So I don't have the answer just like this, uh, but you will see at the end, uh, uh, you will see my contact details, drop me an email and I can, you know, forward it to the right person that can answer uh, Frank without hesitation. Excellent. And thank you for that. And yes, we will give all of uh, Mark's contact information coming up very soon. Uh, Paul wants to know what is the longevity of these coatings and how can you tell when the coatings have worn to the point that a part needs to be retreated or discarded? So, what if I answer, it depends. Is that a good enough answer or? That's uh, a very, 
probably accurate answer. It depends. I mean, I can tell you, it really depends on the application and, and what you're looking for, you know. Um, one of the best applications that I remember a few years ago was, for example, into the GTM Championship, you know, in Germany. Uh, yes. They have to build the engine on the very beginning of the season, and they are not allowed to open this engine, uh, or they're going to have a penalties point. So they got to be sure that when they, they you know, they mount the engine, they got to be sure that the part's going to last the whole, the whole race, the whole season. Um, and, and this is how basically uh, we, we can achieve that with the coating, for example. Uh, but it all depends on the application. Uh, I got customers which have been doing three season in, in, uh, in rally with, with the same parts without having any wear, while other customer, they will push the limit. And uh, after a few couple of races, they got to change everything. So it's really depending what you're looking for for that. Um, and how do you see if the coating is worn off? Um, all the coating we supply are what we call multi-layer coating. So when you get a DLC, the top layer is black. So basically, as soon as you start seeing a gold color or uh, a chrome color, uh, it's mean that the top layer is, is gone and it is the right time to actually stop. Technically, we can remove the coating refurbish the surface and recoat. As long as the parts get no physical damages or metallurgic damages, we can strip and recoat the parts as many times we want. Oh, excellent. No, that's, uh, that's good news. Um, Julian wants to know, and I know you can't answer this, or maybe you can, uh, which, <laughs> which Formula One and NASCAR teams are your customers? <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna be able to tell us, but maybe you can. I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, we are world champion every year for the past 20 years and multiple times every year. Okay. So, all so then I'll, I'll let, I'll let you do the math out. then. Yes. <laughs> no, that's so, uh, yeah, no. tremendous. <laughs> but that was a tricky one. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you already, you know, referenced some of the rules to extend the life of these engines and now they're doing these amazing things not just engines but transmission components as well and um, you know how has this happened and the answer is what you're telling us about that's how it's happened that uh, engines are able to last so long it's these these exactly. and uh, it's amazing one more from dana and then we can get back into uh, vital information sure. can you direct me to technical information on dlc specifically thickness of the film and typical tolerance of this thickness on a hardened tool steel? So whatever the substrate, typical thickness for a DLC coating is gonna be three micrometer plus or minus 0 0.5 micrometer. It is the standard, let's say, specification thickness that we can get. Uh, then case by case, it could be slightly adapted uh, but three micrometers is going to be, you know, the standard thickness of the whole stack, the whole coating, the whole multi-layer coating. Um, yeah, three micrometer is really the standard today. Excellent. Thank you, Nana, for your question. Thanks to everyone. If you have more questions, put them in the chat section and, Mark, uh, you know, continue along because uh, 
we were talking about parts and pieces and things that require coatings. And you talked about wrist pins or piston pins, and uh, you were about to get into connecting rods and uh, piston rings, I believe. Uh, no, you know, I mean, here again, all the parts that you see on the screen on the valve train are, are really, you know, the parts which get probably the most uh, uh, wear. And uh, these are expensive parts. So it's true that the coating uh, will definitely bring benefits in terms of performances. Uh, but very often we get also people coming to us because, uh, you know, they maybe do a restoration of an old car and they just find brand new pieces and they want them to last longer. So then we apply the coating and they're not looking for more power. They just, be, they just want to be sure that the part's going to last longer than before. So valve train for the DLC are really, the, you know, the key application. But as you mentioned uh, uh, just before, Joe, uh, a lot of regulation are about extending the lifetime of the engine. Uh, but now transmission is also going to the same direction already for the past years. Um, again, here we do have some solutions, both in terms of surface preparation uh, and then the kind of coating that we can apply. So, you know, uh, when we talk about gears and the teeth, uh, very often we can see that we are facing some uh, peating issue with the time. Uh, putting a hard coating uh, with a certain friction reduction uh, will actually postpone the operation of, of the peating. Uh, so that will be for the, the gears and the teeth themselves. But there's a lot of other parts inside the, the gearbox uh, that we are coating, you know. Uh, the, the, the selector fork, the dock ring, the shift rails, basically, again, all the moving parts inside the, the gearbox can be actually coated. So, but already, as you saw, uh, between the engine and the gearbox, we may not apply the same coating. Uh, remember the, the, the graph, the diagram that I showed you before, uh, different technology, different coating, different properties. So I would say, unfortunately for us, the one coating for whole doesn't exist. But we can always find a solution. Um, one application also that we do, which is, you know, engine, gear train, uh, one thing that we are working on, if my, my laptop is down. All right. That will be, for example, on the suspension. Um, you know, especially for the uh, two wheels, uh, the motorbike uh, application, uh, normally the, 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 the tube is going to be hard chrome. We, we get a hard chrome encoding on top, uh, which is okay. It works. It's been in the industry for the past, I don't know how long, but since ever. Um, and very often, sometimes, you know, you can see tubes uh, coated with this gold uh, uh, color. Uh, that will be what we call a titanium nitride. Uh, again, it's going to be my very personal uh, point of view, but a titanium nitride might be good for the look, the gold shiny aspect. Uh, but technically, it might be not the best coating if we are looking to reduce the friction and reduce the wear. Uh, again, DLC in this case uh, will actually give, I think, a pretty badass look to the parts. Uh, 
uh, but also reduce dramatically uh, the wear on the seal and on the tube. We did some trial, you know, with different customers. Um, and we saw that, for example, we were reducing by at least 20% uh, the forces that we need to basically make the system move, which is tremendous uh, then also for the, for, the, you know, for the pilot, because thanks to the coating, he got a better feeling about the track. So, you know, here, the, the three applications, the three big family that I've shown you are, you know, the thing that we do every day and that for the past 25 years uh, uh, almost. But, and this is what I love about motorsports. Uh, everything is about how can we push the limit to the next level? Um, you know, I've shown you uh, pistons, aluminum pistons, uh, DLC coated. Uh, we are reaching a point now that even sometimes aluminum uh, is not strong enough anymore uh, for the pistons. And this is why, you know, for more and more application, people are looking after uh, steel piston. But then steel pistons, uh, you suddenly create uh, other issue. Uh, of course, you can apply the DLC on the skirt to keep reducing the friction on the skirt. Uh, but one of the things that we have faced that, for example, on the steel pistons, with you know, the temperature and, and, and the, the explosion, um, we are creating at a certain point, uh, some kind of a, you know, a oxide layer, which is more uh, uh, some kind of a, a corrosion layer that will appear uh, uh, on the very hot section of the pistons. And the issue is that after a certain time, this very thick layer will start to crack and the cracks can actually go through this oxide layer, which has been naturally created, and slowly go through the parts. And then, you know, we know the issue. If you start having cracks on the pistons, uh, normally it's definitely not a good sign. Um, so this is why we have developed now new solution, new coating, still very thin coating. We are talking about, again, four or five micrometer thick, where basically, we're going to prevent the operation of this, you know, natural oxide layer. So the coating is still very thin, uh, but it will act like somehow a thermal uh, barrier, not for the temperature, but really for this oxidation, for example. So these are the kind of thing that now uh, we are developing. Uh, but this year in 2021, um, we have started to work on something that, to be honest, I never thought it will be possible at a certain point. Uh, all the parts that you have seen before, uh, they are made of, of, of steel, aluminum, titanium, um, but there is you know, many other substrate that we, won't, we, we were not able to coat in the past. Um, now we start to look on how to coat uh, elastomer. And here it's an application that we start working on at the moment uh, is that basically, you know, I've shown you that we can code the tube uh, in order to reduce the friction and all. Uh, but now we start looking on how to code the ring, the ceiling ring, which is, you know, made out of, of elastomer. 
Um, and we have developed new technology with completely new process, very low temperature, um, where we can put some coating. And here, we are not even talking in micrometer, we are talking in nanometer of thickness of coating. But by doing that, the very first result we had were actually impressive. So, you know, um, here, it, the idea is to combine solution, develop new technology uh, to again, bring performances to the next level. We still have a lot to learn about how to code the elastomer, you know, uh, we get uh, 30 years of experience coding uh, steel aluminum parts and everything for, for, for motorsports. Uh, elastomer, uh, we need a little bit of time uh, to, to, to be, you know, as good as, as we are today on steel parts. But it's just to say that, you know, we are learning and we are developing a, a new solution. Um, one of the funny thing is that today, uh, you know, Motorsports Formula One has been always considered like, you know, the R&D uh, lab for the big OEM. That they were testing a new solution on the track uh, before going to, to, to the road. Um, the coating has followed exactly the same road. So basically today, early advisors, um, we are doing a lot of coating for the motorsport industry, uh, but a lot of this solution now also used for road vehicle, uh, you know, especially uh, supercar, hypercar, or, or two wheels, you can find exactly the same solution. Um, also because, you know, on the road, uh, we are looking to get the highest performances. Maybe not about the speed, uh, but in terms of efficiency, in terms of, of fuel consumption, in terms of, of, of lifetime. And basically the coating that we've been doing for motorsports now, we can actually apply them on much higher volume uh, and, and you know, bring the benefit also to road application. Uh, I wanted also to show you an application, which is, I'm not sure it's really motorsports related, uh, but just to show you that coatings can be uh, you know, used on a lot of other applications. This is an application that we've been coating now for, for a certain time. Um, and again, uh, we are talking about performances. So you know, we are talking here in this case about a, a audio speaker. And the parts that I want to talk about is you know, the Twitter dome that you may see you know, into the center. Um, these parts can be made out of several materials. It could be aluminum, it could be titanium, it could be very much more exotic material. And today, uh, we know that by applying uh, a DLC coating at very low temperature, uh, we can change completely the properties of this dome by increasing the stiffness, for example. So, you know, Coating DLC is not always about friction, wear, high load, lubricant. It could be also something a little bit more, I won't say subtle, but uh, that brings you know, uh, uh, one standard application into a different level. But I, I use this one, I pick that one, uh, simply because you know, uh, 
motorsports is about performances, is about noise. Uh, if you did not uh, realize, I hate electrical vehicle uh, because they don't make any noise. Uh, so this is why I thought about the speaker and I say, yeah, there is something related to that. Excellent. So, <laughs> so you know, for me here, if you have to, you know, keep a few things in mind. Um, Ulican first is a global company. So you may find Ulican Bowser's plant close by wherever you are located around the world. Um, we supply today a very wide range of coating, uh, depending on the application. Um, and today we have a massive experience in coating parts. Uh, so maybe we don't have the experience next door to your location, uh, but we will find somebody who has the knowledge and can support uh, uh, the colleague. We like to, to say that we are a design element. Um, you know, there is not many reasons to use a coating. It's either because you already have an issue and by applying the coating, we're gonna actually solve the issue um, or you have no, no problem at all right now, but I got a basic rule. If you have no problem in motorsports, is because you're not pushing to the limit. Uh, so basically, you know that you need to make some improvement, and you know that by doing this improvement, uh, you're going to have wear. And then we are back to the first rules. If you get wear, you may need a coating. So thinking about the coating when you start designing the parts makes a lot of sense and normally give you a better product at the end of the day. So that's it for me. Uh, as I All said, right. these are my contacts. So uh, now, fire. If you got any questions, I'm fully open. No, I, I do. Uh, and, and give that, uh, you should say it as well, but uh, your email address and the website are up on the screen for everybody out there. Uh, my question is for people that are potential customers out there, uh, the minimum number of parts, right? Like, is this... Uh, for a large engine shop to bring you guys on as a uh, as a as a supplier, and they're sending off parts. Like, what is the minimum number of parts that you would do, or is this something that an individual engine builder could do? Uh, how accessible is that? And talk a little bit about the flow uh, of that, how that works. Okay, so I think it's a very good question, actually. Uh, so minimum quantity is going to be easy. It's one, uh, and and this is the beauty of motorsports that. I don't know any customer that's going to send me only one part. Uh, you know, it's going to be 16 parts or four camshaft or, you know, uh, eight piston pin and et cetera. But definitely the minimum quantity is going to be one. Uh, in terms of the flow, uh, so, you know, when we get the parts, uh, we will go through different steps. Uh, first steps will be that we will, uh, as a first look to the parts, check if everything is clean, if the surface finish is good enough. Uh, and depending on that, we might do our own super finish on it. Uh, then we will clean the parts, check the parts again, put them on a the fixture, do the coating, uh, check the parts again, uh, and then uh, do the shipping. Depending on the parts, depending on the location, I would say that the standard turnaround time is going to be around a week. Uh, but again, it depending on the volume. Uh, it will be always easier to run, you know, a full batch of parts 
than if you only send us a, a, a capital of a capital of parts. So I would say from one week to two weeks, uh, it is a reasonable window uh, that we need to do the coating. Uh, but we are talking about motorsports. Uh, it is a regular turnaround time. Uh, we have many applications where basically, you know, we get taxi driver showing up in the morning, giving us the parts and uh, sleeping on the car park and get the parts on the evening or the next day. This is again, a, a regular things. So uh, everything is possible. It's just a matter of time and or money. Excellent, yes. Um, and, and then another follow-up question, I wonder um, where in the build process should this be taken into consideration in that like, okay, we're gonna go with these coatings. And so our specifications need to allow for them. I know it's only just uh, three microns thick, I believe you said, but is that something that needs to be considered right from the clean sheet of paper? Or is this something that someone can retrofit uh, as they put back together? Both, actually. Um, of course, the, the best way is to think about it when you start designing the parts, uh, because you know this way you get time actually to 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 do it, and uh, you take in account immediately. So yes, it's only three micrometer, but uh, you know when we talk about a piston pin, uh, it has to be taken in account because the clearance will be very thin. Um, you have also then time to think about the surface finish. As I said, we need to be as smooth as possible. Uh, but definitely, if somebody is already, uh, you know, using, and certainly realize that will be good to have the coating, uh, we can do it. Um, in many cases, actually, what happened is that the customer, you know, might race a little bit, and very quickly it will start seeing a little bit of wear. Not much, not deep scratches. Uh, but then he would say, okay, maybe it makes sense to do the coating. Ship us the parts. We will do some kind of refurbishment of the surface, apply the coating, and then we are good to go. Excellent. Excellent. Mark, this has been fascinating. And I know you joked at the beginning, uh, but this is, this is where it's at. Like anybody that follows motorsports on a regular basis knows that, you know, much of the advances that we have found have to do with what you guys are doing. And I find it so interesting that it's a company that is 75 years old, that kind of uh, innovated in the field and now is helping push forward uh, so many champions in motorsports. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your deep dive and explanation. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully our audience did as well. Of course, this will be up uh, on EPAR Trade, uh, you know, in, in a week or so, but uh, amazing presentation. And thank you. I see Francisque is back. And um, now we talk food. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, that would be a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I mean, you were brilliant as always. As I said before, you started your presentation. We have known each other for pretty long now. Uh, you had more hair, and I didn't have glasses. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, but we we basically Mark is not only an expert in the industry and in coding, but he also has a global expertise because really they cover every aspect of motorsport. And that's 
often unusual. You know, uh, people tend to have specialties, drag racing or food or, you know, uh, uh, F1 or, you know, whatever, a short track. Uh, but uh, Mark uh, has been involved in absolutely any type of racing from any places in the world and work with some of the biggest engine vendors uh, out there. And so, so you, you have a, a really unique uh, position in the market, Mark, and uh, we're you know, very uh, glad you joined us today and share your expertise. The concept for EPAR trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for EPAR trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing, and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade, there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of EPART trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. ePartrade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. There are two types of people, racers and everyone else. Racer Magazine is for those who believe that racing is a way of life. Racer embodies the excellence that defines a sport driven by passion, courage, and ingenuity. Get one year of both Racer's print and digital edition for only $39 with instant access to our entire digital issue archive. Subscribe now at info.racer.com.